Welcome to the Daring Living Podcast, where we have honest conversations about personal growth, how to create success, and what it means to live a joyful and daring life. I'm your host, Certified Life Coach Shirley Huang. When it comes to personal development, I feel like a lot of us focus on the mindset and the, I guess, the energetics and how we feel. And even though that is very important, and I'm all for that because this is literally why I teach. I think there's also this other one pivotal element to our life with it, which is like actually keeping ourselves healthy physically and actually being able to maintain a healthy lifestyle and so this is something like a discussion I've always wanted to talk about and I'm glad that we get to talk about it today and I think I have the perfect guest (laughs) with me for this episode so we have Clara welcome Clara thank you so much today So let me give you a brief intro of Clara. So Clara is an ex-attorney turned personal trainer slash transformation coach. And we are also currently working together for life coaching. So she is also a client of mine, as well as becoming a coach. During the day, she's also a wellness lead in a nonprofit organization in Singapore. So she is amazing. She's doing a lot of things. I love what she's doing. I think she's like a powerhouse. (laughs) Anything else I missed that you also want to share with the audience, Clara? No, I think that was a very flattering introduction. So I'm very happy with that. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Shirley. I'm very excited. Thank you. Yeah. So yes, let's talk all about like fitness, maintaining your body in a very healthy shape and being able to just regular exercise exercise regular daily and also just like from what I would say from what I've known about you I think you have a lot of experiences and like personal knowledge and wisdom that you can share with the audience about this idea of really how do you quote-unquote do it all because you are technically doing two jobs at the same time Mm -hmm. and you're also waking up and you're also keeping your body healthy and uh, I know that you also have a lot of different goals and then you're also like improving yourself by reading books. Like you're doing a lot of things yeah. at once. And I think that is amazing. So maybe like how, what's the secret? <laughs> how do you do it all? Yes. Still be able to exercise regularly. And also what does that look like for you? What has worked for you? Yeah, this is such a common question that I get all the time. A lot of people look at my schedule and they're like, Clara, how... I think through the questions, right, I actually learn about people's relationship with exercise. So a lot of people ask me like, okay, Claire, how do you do it all? You're so busy and yet you have time to exercise. Just by the phrasing of the question, you can tell that people see exercise as like a luxury, like something you only get to do when you have time. Like it's something that gets pushed to the back when once you're busy. So in the phrasing of the question, it already illustrates that exercise is not something that is top of mind when you have a lot of things on your plate. But how I view it is that exercise is just one of the things that help me grow and thrive. It's self-care, it's self-love, and it's part of my personal development, I don't know, toolbox. 
self-care toolbox. Interestingly, when I first started out in my health and fitness journey, I didn't have this mentality towards exercise. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. Like, we've been conditioned to believe that exercise is just punishment if you want to lose weight or if you want to look a certain way. So that was me when I was 18 years old when I first tried to lose weight. So I remember growing up, my sister is super thin. She's like my height, 158 cm, and she's about 40 kg. That's very light. She's like severely underweight. And it's not like intentional. <laughs> it's just a natural body type. And I remember there was once my mom said something to her like, Aya, you're so skinny already. You don't need to exercise. So growing up with that kind of messaging where like exercise is only for like fat people who want to lose weight mm-hmm. and it's punishment. And those infographics where they're like, oh, if you eat like an Oreo, this is how many minutes you need to run on the treadmill to burn it off. In Singapore, we have Chinese New Year and there are a lot of really delicious pastries and goodies. And they, I think Taiwan also, right? They were like, okay, one pineapple tart is don't know how many calories. So after you eat one pineapple tart, you need to run for an hour. So that's the kind of mentality and relationship we have with exercise growing. It's punishment. It's a sacrifice. It's like, so... How I do it all while still exercising is completely changing the way I view exercise and its role in my life. I'm not actively chasing weight loss, but it's something that makes me feel good. And there's so much research on how it makes you more creative, more energized. It helps you think with greater clarity and things like that. Um, so a book I would recommend on this topic is, if I'm not wrong, it's called How to Thrive by Ariana Huffington. So she talks a lot about how like the traditional mindset is, okay, once I'm busy, I won't exercise. But it's precisely because you're busy, that's why you need to put in more effort to take care of your mental health, your physical health. So for context, uh, Ariana Huffington, she had this like episode where she burned out and then she just collapsed. And then like she hit her head and then there was a whole slew of medical stuff that went on. And that's why she started this business and she wrote this book. So I totally agree with that mindset where it's, yeah, it's not like when people ask me like, how do you, how do I do it all yet exercise? I'm like, it's precisely because I want to do many things. That's why I need to exercise. So I can show up as like my most energized, most creative and my best self. Yeah. I love that approach of like really seeing exercise as almost like the foundation right instead of yes. something extra that you do when you have time then you get to it yeah it's almost like actually before you do anything else in your life exercise yeah. which is like including your mental and physical health is actually the most important for yes. you to take care of first and then from that place then you can thrive from that place then you wow. have an amazing life you'll be able to enjoy yourself in your relationships yeah. and in your day-to-day life and in the things that you do yeah and i mean if you look at okay this is a bit cringy all those like 5 a.m ceo routines and all they always start with some <laughs> form of physical fitness like whether it's like running or like doing pull-ups or whatever yeah and there's another book okay so clearly i read a lot <laughs> there's another book called the practice of groundedness by brett Stalberg. I don't really know how to pronounce his name, but he talks a lot about, I think he was in Canada, he was hiking, then he saw like these redwood trees, and he was like, wow, they grew up tall and things like that. But it's because their roots are so strong. So when you have strong roots, then you can, like the canopy can take like the winds and the harsh conditions and things like that. So 
how I like to see it is like me striving from a place of groundedness and health and fitness is one big part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I would even say you don't even need to because I think sometimes when people think about exercise and working out, they think about it as something that's so hard, something that requires so much effort, mm, so challenging. Yeah. And so it's, oh, you have to take yourself to the gym. You have to get a membership. You have to do all yeah. the things. And what I would also offer as well is what if we just think about it as like, how can we move our bodies? How do we yeah. maintain that routine, that schedule to be able to move our body, to be able to always keep ourselves in a good shape and moving your body can look so different to so differently to different people based on your situation what you prefer what kind of environments you like to thriving right if you don't like going Mm -hmm. to the gym then maybe working at home maybe it's like taking a walk it's what I and I love that you're connecting it with personal development because it's really thinking about in my life, if I just want to always strive for growth and just expand my life and create different results for myself, then I need to be moving the energy that exists in my body as well. And yes, when we do, that's like you physically moving your body so much more, right? Through yeah. different forms of maybe it's dancing, maybe it's taking a walk badminton as long as you stand up and you like walk around and and move around instead of just sitting at your office and sitting in front of the desk so much because that's what we tend to do and we're like okay time to do work we sit down we just do work and our the whole day our body's just still it's just stagnant there's nothing is at all yeah yeah and I like that you mentioned energy because I did a post on Instagram on this recently like time management versus energy management I think in school, we were always taught to manage our time. I'm not sure if you had this like in Canada or Taiwan, but mm. I remember as a kid in Singapore, they used to give us this analogy of the jar. So they said, oh, put the big rocks first and then put the small pebbles and then the grains of sand. So they're saying like prioritize the most important tasks followed by the less important ones. So growing up, I always thought like time management is like the cure to everything. But at the same time, if you compare two people sitting at their desk for eight hours on one hand you got this guy who like watch netflix late into the night slept like five hours he's eating like crap and feels like crap there's another guy who like worked out in the morning got like his full seven hours of sleep is nourishing his body with nutritious food who do you think can get more done in like the same eight hours yeah so that's another like very limited view people have because mm-hmm. if you only focus on time management, then obviously you won't have time for exercise because it does always take time out from your schedule. So focus on like how you can manage your energy to be your best self at work. It's also interesting how, because you mentioned that you relate exercise with self-care. And so mm-hmm. exercising and taking care of your body, it's a very personal thing. Like no one, yes, a lot of the times, unless you hire like a trainer or like a coach, right? Yeah. Usually people don't really there's no one else that's here to keep you accountable except for yourself so then when you think about okay this is just me and myself sometimes we don't do it as much compared to okay time to sit down I always clocking at nine I always go leave at five I make sure I'm here because other people will also see my work but the exercise kind of those things that's just you and yourself yes and also we're not very good at delaying gratification (laughs) 
<laughs> so like present bias, right? We always want what feels good in the moment. And we are wired that way. So like, we have to learn to work with that. Like mm. knowing that we're not going to feel like working out all the time. But how can we still show up regardless? Yeah, I think that's another thing, another flaw about the way exercise has been promoted to us. They're like, oh yeah, exercise now so you can age gracefully and so you feel good when you're older, so you have less health conditions, less hospital bills to pay. But just like 20, 30 years later, what about now? Mm. Like we've never been taught to enjoy exercise as it is right now. Like that dopamine boost you get. Is it dopamine? Okay, I don't know what happy hormone, but some happy hormone you get after working out. Dopamine boost from walking outside in nature, for example. Yeah, so how does it make you feel now? And how can you keep leaning into that and focusing on that so you want to do it more? Yeah, instead of relating and connecting exercise with pain, and something yes. that's very hard you connected to desire something that makes you feel good mm, yes exactly your approach towards like business and life surely <laughs> like connecting to inspiration and desire versus why oh, i have to do this yeah and i also know that a lot of people listening are entrepreneurs and they are artists in their own fields and for a lot of us we tend to have our own i guess like we have which the amazing thing that we can do is be able to have our own flexible schedules to be able to create mm-hmm. our own schedules. Yeah. So when everything is so fluid, when we can literally just have our week and our weekly schedule is always so different, how would you recommend people to approach fitness or approach exercising in a way that would still be regular in a way where they can still that consistent schedule yeah after week i can totally relate because for context before i took on the role at the ngo i was working for myself full-time as a fitness coach so i understand like how the fluidity of the schedule and the inconsistency can make it hard one interesting thing i've observed is that now i actually have less time than when I had that fluid schedule and like flexible schedule. But I actually find it easier to get my workouts in now because the 9 to 6 gives me structure in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm working for 9 to 6 and then I'm coaching in the evening. So the only time I can get it, I can get it in is either in the morning before work or at lunchtime. So when you have limited time, somehow you just get things done. It's the same for like procrastination, right? Like they are saying, what's that principle? about how if you have the whole day to do something, you'll wait until the end of the day to do it. Like, your work expands to feel the amount of time you have. So, I guess my biggest tip for someone with a flexible schedule is to give yourself that structure. What time can you block out for working out? I think this is especially important for beginners who are just wanting to stay consistent in exercise. Because for me now, like exercise is so ingrained in my routine and my life that I can just like, okay, uh, let me look at my calendar. Okay, I have time 12pm on Thursday, I'm going to work out then. I have time Friday 7am, so I'm going to work out then. But for a beginner, one thing I've learned from training clients is that they need that consistent block of time yeah. and they need more factors to align before they will actually make it to the gym and one of them is going at the same time so Mm -hmm. going at the same time every day giving yourself some structure in your health and fitness routine yeah i think that's two of my biggest tips 
what I found yeah. also very interesting as well is like in the beginning when I started because there was a time in my life where I didn't exercise at all and yeah. in the beginning when I started it it was from this place of okay let me create the structure for me to exercise and then slowly yeah. over time, it became like because I know that every morning or, or almost every morning I wake up and I exercise that actually helped me to create more structure in my life yes and so I found that just so fascinating of actually yeah. exercising and getting that getting that hit in the morning. It actually helped me create feel more like I have a structure in my week. Yeah. 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 I think they call it an anchoring habit, is it? Or is it keystone yeah. habit or something like that? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes you do so, one thing and then it's like a domino effect, right? Like it spills over to all other areas of life. So yeah. I guess that's exercising in the morning for you, your keystone habit. Mm-hmm. That is true. I think that's my keystone habit. And then after I started exercising more, it makes me want to eat healthy as well. It makes me want yes. to cook healthier. And then I have to sleep early because I'm waking up the next day to exercise. Like it all yeah. helps with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And also this is something to a little bit to do with scheduling. Also be aware, especially if in the beginning you're just starting to exercise again or starting to create blocks of chunks, like blocks of time in your week, make sure you don't overdo it. Because I think what a lot of us want to do at first is we just go all in and like 100% full on and we yes. do it every day. And then when we don't yeah. do it, then we, then we really, really be ourselves. Burn out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then we burn out. Yeah. I see that in all new clients who start working with me, they're like, I'm pumped, I'm ready to get my shit together, um, I'm going to do it every single day, my diet is perfect, no bad foods, I'm putting, yeah, that's a very all or nothing mentality, so, that's what I see in most clients, like, they're either like, perfect, perfectly on track, or they're just like, not trying at all, and then when they're not trying, they really go so far off the track, they can't even see the track anymore, so yeah, I recommend, working with yourself by listening to your body and starting small and gradually building up because what's the rush like you have your whole mm-hmm. life ahead of you to build up that momentum and get it into your routine and I find that when people have their all or nothing mindset they're driven purely by motivation and once that motivation dies down which it will eventually because you're not going to feel inspired to work out every single morning yeah, once the motivation dies down, then that's when they go to the nothing side. <laughs> Super pumped. And then once they don't feel, they don't get that high, feel that high anymore, then it's the nothing side. So yeah, very common yeah. thing that I see. Instead of motivation, then what can they rely on? Especially for people in the beginning when they want to really build this habit in for themselves. You know what's interesting about the way clients talk to me about exercise and consistency? They will say something like, oh, this week I was very consistent. I hope it will remain the same next week. And I see this like from many clients, like not just one, that the way they talk about their actions is as if they are not in control, they're not conscious, and they're not choosing the Mm -hmm. I hope to be consistent next week. Then I always ask them like, who gets to decide if you are consistent next week? Feeling motivated is just a feeling but ultimately you are in control of your own actions so I really like the teachings from acceptance and commitment therapy 
where it's like you may not feel great all the time and you probably won't <laughs> in life, right? You're not going to feel excited and hyped up all the time but you can still choose to take action that aligns with your values. And I think what trips a lot of beginners up is that when they first have that thought where they're like, okay, I don't want to work out and then they feel unmotivated, they panic. Because their self-efficacy is very low, they don't believe that they can push through this like state of being unmotivated to still get the workout done. Because past experience, it forms evidence that every time they are unmotivated, they don't act. So when they feel that initial thoughts, and like those thoughts and feelings of being unmotivated, they're like, oh shit, this means I'm not going to get it done because my past experience like taught me this. So I think it's also building up trust in clients that you are able to control your actions. You go to work every day excited and pumped to earn money. No, but you still do it because, you know, it's a responsibility. So same thing, exercise, it's a commitment you make to yourself. And like you said just now, right, there's no one to like really push you to do it. Even when you have a coach, like it's up to you to follow through. So you need to have that self-trust that, okay, it's normal to not feel inspired all the time, but I can still choose to act in line with my values. And also because I know it will make me feel good later on. <laughs> mm. So like the way you talk to yourself in that moment matters. It's like being a parent to yourself, right? And being kind to yourself also. So instead of being like, how can you feel so unmotivated? How can you not be excited to get this workout in? It's like, Clara, I know you may not want to go to the gym right now, but think about how good you'll feel after. After, let's do something fun. Like the way a mom would talk to a child who doesn't want to go to school. And then you just show up after that. Yeah, almost like really comforting yourself. And instead mm. of focusing on motivation and using that as the way to go to a gym what I'm hearing what you're saying is really focusing on commitments mm, yeah and keeping the promises you make to yourself yeah yeah I think this is a very hmm. tough line to draw but uh, balancing self-compassion with self-discipline and tough love mm. so a lot of people only know how to rely on self-discipline and tough no not tough love self-discipline mm. and motivation to act but they don't know how to balance the two to be like, okay, yes, I want to hold myself to a higher standard, but it doesn't mean I have to like hate myself and shame myself, guilt trip yeah. myself in the process. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I want to offer there's like a certain type of love that's it's almost like this committed love that you can give to yourself, and that mm. does not always feel good. If you think mm. about the feeling of commitment, what that feels like in your body, it doesn't feel good. Sometimes I don't want to do it, but because I love myself so much, I know the future that I'm creating for myself, the type of body I'm creating for myself, how I want to feel all of it. That's why I'm like yep. getting my ass up and then still going to a gym. Yeah. I don't know what. Yeah. yeah. That type and of also, love right? doesn't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel good all the time. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it's, again, it's like, like a parenting style, right? Your parents will make you eat vegetables, they will make you do your homework, even though it doesn't feel good in the moment, but they're like, it's good for you, Asian yeah. parents, we understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's for your future and things like that. So I think yeah. it's the same thing. But another thing I want to offer is, in my mind, I split up motivation into two different types. So now we're talking about the in-the-moment kind of motivation mm -hmm. to get yourself in the gym. 
But recently, I've also been thinking about the higher level of motivation, which mm-hmm. is, are you actively seeking out like people, content, I don't know, environment that will inspire you in life generally? Yeah. So versus like just going on autopilot mode every night before you sleep, you watch like TikTok on your phone, like watching people do the random dances and all. And then hanging out with people who are just like complainers, what are you doing to feel more inspired in your life? Yeah. And then like sometimes because you are actively, so like assess like the type of content you consume, the people you hang out with, the environment you're in, the communities that you're in, are you just putting yourself in situations to be more inspired? And then I feel like from that higher level of motivation, you will feel more motivated as a person. Yeah. 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 It has also has a lot to do with your physical surroundings as well and what you consume and what you mm. let into your head on a daily basis. Mm. Just being on autopilot. Yes. Yeah. The other thing I also want to ask your thoughts on this is what would you say to those who feel insecure and self-conscious about their body? Maybe mm. it's at a gym or just like when they look at themselves in the mirror and they feel self-conscious and insecure do you have any I don't know tips or suggestions of how they can slowly work through that for themselves yeah I can totally relate because that's what I worked with Shirley on (laughs) growing up I was a little bit chubbier so there were like years of relatives and friends commenting on my weight telling me to lose weight so in the past I felt really insecure in my body. And there was this one moment in time which really made me feel like crap about the way I look, who I am. And then I just forgot about it. Like I never really thought about it. But as I grew older and as I transitioned from like personal trainer, law, working for the nonprofit, blah, blah, blah. I realized that this thing was like the trauma was still trapped in my body, which is what Shirley taught me. So how we worked on it together was doing those exercises where I visualized going back to who I was back then. And then I remember the first or second session you told me to, how you asked me like, how would you, what would you say to pass Clara in that moment when she felt so hurt by that moment? And then can you give her a hug? Can you like, give her acceptance and things like that? So that's how I worked through it. But I also had this phase of my life where I was like going through some disordered eating habits. And what I did every morning was, hey, so I was like working through giving myself permission to eat. But obviously, because I'd been restricting myself with for so long, like I went overboard and I knew that there would be a lot of weight gain that came with that. So every morning I wrote 10 things I like about myself that have nothing to do with the way I look. So I was like expanding my identity to include like other sources of self-esteem. So I was like, Clara, I think you're pretty funny. You are courageous. You are smart. You are blah, blah, blah. So I learned to see myself as a multi-dimensional human being versus just like judging myself based on how I look. And me and Shirley also had this conversation as women, especially. There's this theory called the self-objectified self-objectification theory 
which is that because of what we see in the media where women are constantly being objectified, we apply that lens to ourselves also. We apply that same judgment to ourselves where we're constantly thinking like, okay, how do I look? Like we objectify ourselves versus looking out of outside of us at the world and the things around us. We are preoccupied with the way we are being perceived. So it's almost like we are looking at ourselves from a third person's perspective. So understanding like where these beliefs came from and how like they they are just things that have been taught to us helps me realize that I can choose to opt out and I can choose to unlearn some of these beliefs. Yeah, expanding my identity to include other sources of self-esteem, understanding that these beliefs are just conditioned same as anything, right? Like, we've been taught, like, certain definitions of success, happiness, fulfillment, which is to take the traditional corporate route, blah, blah, blah. But you can always choose to opt out. It's like a spam call incoming, and then you can hang up. <laughs> you don't have to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm sure it's not just you. Like, there are so many women out there who internalize this objective from like outside sources looking at the media and then yeah. a lot of us that's literally how we grew up right like, like for girls mm. we we're taught that you have to look pretty you have to be a certain way yeah. and then we're not commented by other things that's outside of our appearance appearance and yeah. even today like we a lot of us we still carry this with us which yeah. is why we worry so much about and are so self-conscious about how we look Mm. bodies yeah if you want to work out because you want to look a certain way I think there is nothing wrong with that yes yeah for sure yeah it's just normal like of course think about how much conditioning that we were taught that you have to look a certain way look Mm. at all the supermodels out there and how thin they are yeah it's so in the culture nowadays I would even say unfortunately it's like a lot more prominent as well in the Asian culture right where for a lot of our parents like they still tell us a lot of the the things right you look so fast yes yeah and it's normal it's normal normal to see these kind of things exactly it's so normal and but also think about for their parents they probably said the same things to them as well so then yeah it is not up to us to really see it and call it out as it is. And it is the work of, yes, like healing through the past wounds and the past experiences and trauma, as well as just mm. that there's nothing wrong that, like, it's just in the air we breathe, breathe. Of course, you're going to want to look a certain way. Yeah. There's nothing like, sure, it can be superficial, right? But it's of course, <laughs> of course, yeah. you're going to want to do that. Um. And yeah. at the same time, maybe for exercising, you also want to really think about, okay, what is the true essence of this? What's the true meaning? Mm. Why do I actually want to work out besides yeah. just from looking good? Like looking good is going to be yes. a bonus and you're going to feel amazing yeah. and you're confident. But what else is here for you to want to work out? Yes, exactly. Like I think you summarized it perfectly. What I've noticed in my years of working with clients is a lot of women will come to me saying, I want to look this way and stuff. But when I ask them, like, how will this improve your life? Or why is this something that matters to you? Does it align with your values? A lot of them can't answer me. Because we've all been taught to 
unquestioningly chase weight loss because apparently being thinner is better. And the thing is, if you can't connect not just the outcome, but the process with what truly matters to you, your values, your beliefs, you're not going to stick to it for very long because maintaining a certain look does take some level of sacrifice. Like there are trade-offs, right? It's not going to be like so easy. And when you can't, and when the hard work or the discomfort doesn't feel meaningful or fulfilling to you, then what? Like how long are you going to keep up with this for? So I totally agree that there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good. I think society is just generally quite appearance-focused and quite superficial. So not shaming you or anything if you have these thoughts of wanting to look good. In fact, I do still help clients like lose weight and get the body they want. But what I do is I help them detach the way they look from their sense of self-worth. Like, you don't have to be like, okay, I'm fat, which means I lack discipline, I'm lazy or whatever. No, you just carry a bit more body fat. You may not be happy with the way you look right now, but it doesn't say anything about who you are as a person. So when you're able to separate yourself, who you are inside from like your appearance, that's when you can be more objective, rational, and then you can enjoy the process a little bit more because it's just like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to try and change the way I look. But it's not because like I deeply hate myself or like I'm judging myself so hard for looking this way. So yeah, you can. I feel like you can still chase aesthetics without the self-loathing, the judgment, the shame. Okay, so that's one. And the second thing is to expand your perspective beyond the aesthetics. So yes, you can chase aesthetics, but in the process, when you're putting in the work day in, day out, to always ask yourself like, how does this make me feel? Hmm. And then focus on enjoying the process versus seeing it as like punishment just to get to where you want to be. So I think it's not about whether you're chasing aesthetics or not chasing aesthetics, but I think it's the energy and it. Same as like running a business, right? Two people can also, two business owners can work like 12 hours every day. But what is the energy and intention you bring to that 12 hours? Like one of them can be like hustling because he feels like it's something he should do to be a successful business owner. He's all, yeah, actually I hate this. <laughs> I'm just doing it because I own a business and I want to be successful. I want to be seen as successful by other people. But that 12 hours can feel so miserable compared to another business owner who is building a business that is so aligned to her and she's okay it's like the same 12 hours but she's oh like what kind of work do I feel inspired and energized by what kind of work do I want to like chase I'm building a business that like oh it's making an impact that I believe in so you see how it's not about the outcome or like what you're objectively doing but your mindset as you do it mm-hmm. same thing for weight loss yeah oh I love that and it's almost like instead of focusing on a certain outcome result that you want to create just focus on the experience itself and focus on yes. the enjoyment of it, the process of yeah. it. How can you make it more fun? How can you exercise it more fun? How can you enjoy it more? How can yes. you... In so many ways, like exercising yeah. and being able to maintain a lifestyle for yourself, it can also be very healing. Now that I think about healing, of healing your relationship with yourself, how you see yourself, yes. years of beating yourself up and self-shaming yourself. And now it's like, feeling good about you being able to trust yourself being able to maintain that routine and that lifestyle oh there's so many things yeah. good things to say about it when you yes your style <laughs> yeah i'll think deeper about this idea for my own content and so exercise is healing 
Yeah, actually, through working with clients, I can really see like their relationship with themselves, their mm. relationship with food and exercise. Like you can hear it in the way they talk about like certain setbacks. Oh, this weekend I messed up because I ate so much, and then you can hear it in whether their inner critic is like super strong. Like they'll be like, "Oh no, like I'm just like this. Why am I always like this?" and things like that. So it's very interesting to see how exercise just goes beyond that outcome, but also it's a personal development too, right? Yeah. Learning to practice balanced self-discipline with self-compassion, learning mm-hmm. to trust yourself to show up. And one thing I always like to tell like my clients is confidence comes from keeping the promises you make to yourself. So it's from the process of showing up that you feel confident. Interestingly, a lot of clients will come to me saying, I want to lose weight and feel confident. So they hinge feeling confident with looking a certain way. But what I find is that after the first, second or third session, before their body significantly changes, they're like, oh, I feel more confident already. And I think it's just because like you've been doing, yeah, like you're finally doing this one thing that you've been saying you want for years. I had a client who waited two years before she finally took action to like work with me and start sorting out her health and fitness but for two years she'll be like okay diet starts on monday my exercise routine starts on monday and can you imagine how crappy that makes you feel about yourself we are constantly like breaking that promise and Mm -hmm. that commitment right yeah yeah and i think the other thing to i also really want to talk about with you is the idea of being with all these uncomfortable emotions like you mentioned right let's say if someone does go to a gym and then the next day then go and then really be themselves on it or they keep on breaking promises with themselves so it's like emotions that are here that where you really are terrible and that like you it's very uncomfortable for you to be with in your body and this is something that we have worked on together as well before where and I think you really process do that so many times on your own and also with your own body of being with your emotions and feeling through them instead of doing something to escape it I think especially for higher achievers what we tend to do is we just keep ourselves busy and we just power through it or put more schedule (laughs) yes totally guilty of that (laughs) yeah instead of just being with it being with that uncomfortable emotion whether it is guilt or shame or those disappointments or feeling terrible about ourselves instead of being with those emotions we can't escape it by doing more things being more busy Mm. yeah do you is there a personal experience or do you feel comfortable sharing that with the people and like how that has how that process of being Mm. able to process your emotions how has that helped you in your life and your relationships Okay, yeah, I'm totally open to sharing about this. I feel like, for me, all this is still a work in progress. As someone who like was a high-achieving student, went to law school, was in the legal industry where burnout and overworking is normalized, I find that sometimes I still feel stressed when I'm trying to like rest. I'm like, oh, like why am I doing nothing? <laughs> Should I be like trying to create content for my Instagram? Should I be doing something for work and things like that? Yeah, I think it's a very normal experience. For what me and Shirley worked on, it was my... Okay, food was always my coping mechanism. So when I feel stressed, when I feel empty Mm. and uncomfortable, I will use food as a way to cope. 
actually sometimes substances also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm not gonna specify it. <laughs> but yeah. How I learned to work through it is also learning that I don't have to feel positive all the time. I don't have to feel happy, super pumped, super motivated, energized all the time. Like it's normal to feel down sometimes. It's normal to not even down but feel neutral sometimes. I think it's like the culture of toxic positivity, right? Where you're like, oh, if you're not living your best life, then what are you doing? But sometimes you're not living your best life. It's like a good neutral life. So I used to always okay, I would have certain thoughts I'll be like oh I'm so tired or I don't feel like coaching after work today and then I'll really beat myself up for those thoughts I'm like Clara you left law for this how can you not be grateful for the opportunity to train your clients how can you not be excited to take the train down like an hour to the gym to coach <laughs> uh, so it's like that Buddhist parable right so you're shot with a first arrow where you feel somewhat negative and then after you, are, you shoot yourself with another arrow where you're like why are you feeling this way and then you start like gaslighting yourself and you're like, you should be guilty for feeling negative. So that's what I struggled with a lot. So what Shirley really helped me do is to accept feeling negative or neutral or tired as a normal part of life. Like the yin and yang of life, right? <laughs> like you're going to feel positive, but within that positivity, sometimes you won't feel great. Or you're going to feel negative and sometimes you feel positive. Like either way. So yeah, I think the biggest thing was accepting that there's nothing to escape like I don't have to make a big deal out of feeling this way it's just life <laughs> yeah yeah and learning to just sit with those emotions and just be like yeah talk to myself kindly and compassionately yeah Clara you're feeling a little tired today you're not super excited to coach today but that's fine you don't have to feel excited all the time yeah, so working with Shirley helped me deal with those emotions. And also there was this book called The Happiness Trap by Russ Harris, if I'm not wrong. But basically the entire book is based on acceptance commitment therapy. So again, talking about how you can just accept that you don't feel great. And you just don't have to do anything about it. Because traditional, like I've been to counsellors in the past and like we've, we've always done like CBT, right? How can you challenge these thoughts and how can you reframe these thoughts? But I realised that what I just needed was acceptance. I don't need to challenge anything. I don't have to immediately take out my journal and start like trying to fix this. Mm -hmm. It's okay to not feel great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how it affected like my life, my relationships and all is firstly less using of food as a coping mechanism or like any coping mechanism I'm just like yeah I don't need to be on a high so when I was using food or like whatever it was always to feel that high to escape from that sense of emptiness so I stopped doing that second thing is I guess I am less extreme with my emotions so in the past, I felt like I was constantly bouncing between being super happy, super pumped and like super sad and super down. But I learned to just be in the middle and just be neutral. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. I feel like a lot of people can really relate with this, especially if it's like we talked about dieting and using food and talking about maybe like eating too much than you should. Right. A lot of us stem from the fact that because there's an emotion that you probably feel and that you're trying to escape from. 
and then yes to cope with it to escape it or and in a way what I want to offer is you actually don't really escape it because once you stop that feeling comes back and yes, so, that's so but, true. yeah and so what we do is we actually number and we actually prolong the experience of it which is like number yeah pause on it before yeah. actually escaping it and yeah. we, a lot of us we do this through food we do this by keeping ourselves busy instead of actually feeling through the emotion and I think mm. this is a great way to like what you just talked about that it you can experience the whole spectrum of emotions in your life you can also experience yeah. the whole spectrum of emotions when you are wanting to exercise more <laughs> yes yeah I was just oh you mentioning like the food and like escaping also reminds me that at the core of it whether it is bringing like showing up in the gym or like showing up for your diet and all it's all about emotional regulation <laughs> it is yes so like how do you still choose your actions even though you don't feel the most inspired or motivated yeah. whether it is to exercise or to pick the healthier option for your diet or to not emotionally eat. Yeah, and in moments when you fell off the schedule, when you made a mistake, you didn't follow through, how do you deal with mm. that emotion? Do you just yeah. go like, F it, and then don't go to a gym anymore and give up? Yeah. Or yeah. do you like, I think, comfort mm. yourself through it and process through it? Yeah. Yeah, actually, emotional regulation is such an underrated skill in the fitness space. Mm-hmm. I think people also don't see that their actions stem from certain thoughts and their feelings. So when they like fall off track, they're like, oh, I just lack discipline or I don't have willpower or I'm just lazy. And then yeah. they say, okay, I'm going to try harder next week. But that is just the symptom. The root cause is you're not able to regulate the thoughts and the feelings you have surrounding health and fitness. Mm. So we all need to go like a layer deeper. Yeah. Yeah, and really think about what we are thinking about. And how we approach yeah. health and fitness. Yeah. 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 So something I'm really passionate about is like the mindset behind like health and fitness. Like why do people act the way they do? Because mm. we all know doing all these things is good for us, right? But why do we not do it? And nothing is taking a more holistic view of health and fitness. Because a lot of people come to me thinking that the solution is found in health and fitness. Like they just need a perfect diet plan, a perfect workout plan, and then they'll be consistent. But I'm always like, no, <laughs> if you haven't been able to be consistent with any diet or workout plan, then you're not going to be consistent with the perfect one written by a professional. Like, I feel like the solution for lack of consistency, like if you imagine it as an iceberg, it's like lack of consistency at the top. But underlying lack of consistency is all these other issues like poor emotional regulation, stress and overwhelm at work, lacking meaning in your life, for example. So using food as a way to escape and all that. Yeah not enough people spend time pausing to ask themselves why is this happening how can i do things differently because the traditional fitness narrative is oh you just need discipline you just need willpower it's all a matter of priority which i feel like these things are like the most useless advice ever <laughs> yeah yes i love i think you are an amazing coach and personal trainer. I think a lot of people will benefit from working with you. Clara, thank you so much for this discussion, this conversation. Is there anything that, any last words that you want to let people know about you or about anything that we talked about today? I think if I could offer like 
parting words? The first thing is if you are like an entrepreneur or like a creative or whatever and you're just trying to, you're a beginner, trying to create a consistent fitness schedule, the first thing to start with is your mindset. Like, how are you thinking and feeling about these things in the first place? So a lot of my clients, when they don't take action, it's because they have certain expectations. They're like, oh, it's going to be so hard. I'm going to be miserable. Then of course, if you keep feeding yourself those thoughts, your feelings, you will not be motivated at all or you won't be inspired to take action. So start from how you want to think and how you want to feel about health and fitness. Create structure in your schedule. And then, yeah. I think that's all. Yay! Yay. Thank you so much, Clara. Where can people find Thank you? Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Okay, so you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is ShredThatCheese. Love so, it. <laughs> just to explain the Instagram handle. I created that to play on the word shred. Because, you know, in the fitness industry, they're like, oh, get shredded and stuff. But instead of getting shredded, I was like, shred that cheese, like shred more cheese on your food. <laughs> so yeah, that's how it came about. So follow me on shred that cheese. And then if you actually listen to this podcast, just drop me a DM and then we have a conversation. And also, if any of you want to start going to the gym, I have this like free full body workout program. I can send you so feel free to drop me a DM and then I will send you the link awesome yay and we will have all of her links in the show notes as well okay thank yay. you Clara Shirley if you enjoyed that episode just now I would love to invite you into the Daring Living one-on-one coaching room this is a very safe very open and non-judgmental space where you get to play learn laugh, grow, cry sometimes, (laughs) heal, achieve milestones in your work, in your business, in your relationships, all along the way as you create the kind of life that feels successful and thriving to you. Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram at daringliving to book a discovery call with me, or you can visit my page at daringliving.com forward slash coaching. Again, on Instagram, that is daringliving, one word, or you can visit the page at daringliving.com forward slash coaching. It's going to be so much fun. Talk to you later. Bye.